Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Debbie. And I'm Allison. And we're the Polter Gals. Spooky. <laughs> I'm Allison. And I'm Debbie. And we're the, the Polter Gals. Well, um, on this week's episode, we're, uh, Doing another spooky person thing. I'm a jig. Creature? Creature. Being? Cryptid. Cryptid? Ish. I don't know. Ghost. Spirit? Ghost? All of the above? Yes. A little bit of all of the above. So this one is a banshee. Yes. Yeah, so we're backpacking on um, some Irish folklore, if you will. So. so this is kind of a mix of Irish and Scottish. Yeah. Um, it. Not so, it's more Irish than anything, mm-hmm. but it falls under the Celtic mythology. Mm-hmm. And and we're actually recording this the day before St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. So if you guys are listening to this, you probably already listened to our Leprechaun episode um, that came out on St. Patrick's Day. But we're still in a St. Patrick's Day vibe, so that's why we're still we're still in the Celtic mood. Yeah, yeah. So in the green mood, obviously. So. <laughs> This is this one was interesting, and there are as other like cryptid creatures, beings, whatever you want to call it. There are other like different cultures. Because mm-hmm. they're their sometimes own. considered like fae too, right? Yeah, fairies. Hehe. <laughs> yeah. So this I actually have written down that a banshee is woman of the fairy mound or fairy woman, Ooh. and this is considered to be. Most um they mostly say that she's a female spirit of Irish folklords who heralds the death of a family member, uh, usually screaming, wailing, shrieking, or king, king, yeah, kenning, kenning, keening, keening. I think it just means like more yelling. Yeah. <laughs> Banshees are just known for yelling. So. This says that her name was connected to a mytholo- mythological important tumuli, 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 which is basically mounds that dot the Irish Irish countryside, which are known as Sid side. Sid. It has a little accent mark over the I. Singular is S I D with a little accent. Little accent. Yeah. And old Irish, but. What I actually found out, which I think it's in one of these books. 
that we'll talk about later. Yeah. They kind of go into a little bit of detail. And some more stories. Yeah. So it says, I think it's this this one that I read, which is True Irish Ghost Stories. They mentioned that in older folklore, that she actually came into people's dreams. Ooh. And her appearance varied depending on who saw her oh so it was like the person's vision of her so like what they imagined her as Hmm. so it mentioned that she was sometimes young she was what you would imagine as this old quote-unquote hag yeah um but she a lot of the time would come right before battle and would be wiping down the soldier until the water was stained red Ooh, gross. That was the sign that people were going to die. Ooh, spooky. It wasn't until more modern tellings of the story that she became as the wailing, screaming kind of banshee, this older looking creature. Creature. Yeah, spirit. Hag figure. Yeah. Being. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, I thought that was kind of weird. And then just back to the her appearance, this says sometimes she had long stringy hair, wears a gray cloak over a green dress. Her eyes are red from continual continuous weeping. She may dress in white with red hair and a ghastly complexion. Ooh. According to first hand account, which is made by Anne Lady Fanshawe in her memoirs, Lady Wilde in her books. Uh, provides others, which the description is, the size of the banshee is another physical feature that differs between regional accounts. Though some accounts of her standing unnaturally tall are recorded, the majority of the tales that describe her height state the banshee's stature as short, anywhere between one to four feet tall. Her exceptional shortness often goes alongside the description of her as an old woman. Though Many say that it's also be intended to emphasize her state as a fairy. Ooh. Um, I just finished reading Akatar. So while I was on break, I read my book too. So I don't know if you guys out there like Court of Thorns and Roses. Um, Allison, you have to read it. It's so good. It's so good. If you, um, it's so good. good. Don't you just love books about fairies? It's my favorite thing to read. As you guys all know, <laughs> I talk about it all the time on the podcast. <laughs> I just like to talk or read books about cryptids and, and paranormal, paranormal and ghosts. And <laughs> hence sometimes, we have like, how many books are in your collection, Allison? Not counting the ones on your iPad, like physical. That's a great question. Probably like a hundred. I see. I have... 99 books on my iPad alone. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, And then we were gifted 10 books by the amazing uh, Lone Pine Publishing. Shout out again. We love you guys. Literally every single one of them are sitting in my living room bookshelf right now. (laughs) Thank you, Lone Pine Publishing, for the sponsor. (laughs) And then these three. Mm -hmm. So that's probably like 30. So like 150. Yeah. 30 physical copies and then like 100 ebook so oh wait and then i have a ghost book in my desk right now oh so oh. technically another one <laughs> See? but yeah well that's crazy um wow well and today we're talking about banshees so, so too many 
too many books too many books um but yeah so you know i'm all about that fey life especially when it comes to a guitar and all that fun stuff to be fair though i do have to subtract one of those books because no yeah 150 never mind Mm -hmm. no yeah minus the one because one of those books on my ipad is a stephen king book so oh so it doesn't count i mean stephen king is still spooky though the book I have, yes, is spooky. So if you, if it still counts. If you're counting like spooky books, <laughs> yes. But if you're counting like true, like I say, quote unquote, true ghost books and true ghost books, what a what a conundrum. Like uh, ghost encounters, cryptid encounters, then ninety eight. So like really one less, still one about one fifty. Wow. Who am I kidding? Well, the more you know. All right. So. Anyway, you're very well read uh, other, up on the subject. <laughs> other than uh, books, the books about the banshees, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they many assume that the form of some uh, sweet singing virgin of the family who died young and have has been given the mission by the invisible powers to become the harboring, harbringer, harbringer. Wow, the sad thing is, I knew what that word word was again reading processing and saying aren't the greatest you know honestly that's just life you know uh of coming doom and her mortal yeah kindred 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 mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> she may be seen at night as a shrouded woman crouching beneath trees lam- laminating with a veiled face. Lamenting. Lamenting. See, I tried so hard. I tried so hard. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. That's the only reason why I'm on the podcast. Is it's just it, to correct you. Is it really? <laughs> That's my job. You know what? I'm going to go start another one without you. Like I'm that, so sorry. That was so that loud. With that uh, uh, Texas lovely. Shout out H-E-B. <laughs> so, soda. Anyway, back to the book. <laughs> The cry of the spirit is mournful beyond all other sounds on earth. And, yeah, be tokens. Tokens, yeah, sure. <laughs> but tokens certain death to some member of the family, whoever it is heard in the silent of the night. Mm-hmm. The banshee is a predictor of death. So if someone's about to enter into a, like a situation where it's unlikely to come out alive, she'll warn people by screaming or wailing. So also known as the wailing woman, which also gives me vibes of La Llorona. See, I can't pronounce it. That's pretty much what it is, though. Just in different cultures. Yeah, Irish Celtic mythology of... La Lorena, Lorana, whatever. La Lorana. Which translates to the weeping woman in English, but it's basically their version of this, but actually calls out to the uh, the death, which is horrifying. Spooky. I think that's more horrifying than like the Hispanic version. Oh, yeah, definitely. So this Irish, uh, English, in the Irish English Dictionary, the entry for... Sith Borg? I don't know how to actually say that. <laughs> We're not Irish. We're not Irish. Also, Irish culture is so weird. Like, their names. Like, like there are some names that don't make any sense. No. It's... I. Like, Sean? <laughs> 
Seen. Is, are you talking like the S E A N? Yeah. How it's spelled that way, but yeah. now it's Sean. Yeah. Why? There's no H. <laughs> I mean, let's go ask Sean from Australia. See what his opinion is. Um, he's an Australian, not in. Uh, we're talking about Ireland and Scotland. Exactly. So we, we did actually have someone in the studio from Scotland earlier from Edinburgh. So why did we not ask him? We should have just had him like pronounce all the words to us so we knew how to. Yeah, exactly. Why don't we not just have a special guest and be like, listen, sit right here. You tell us how you correct us. You, you're now the Debbie. The pronunciation. You're, you're now the pronunciation police. You're the, <laughs> <laughs> you're the, you're the new Debbie. The new pr- pronunciation police. So, again, this just pretty much translate to she fairies, woman fairies, which is supposed to be the common people to be affected by certain families that are heard the same warning about their houses by night. I also heard that this is like some believe that this being attaches itself to well like wealthy family in a sense. Ooh. Those of like some she want that money, that some, power. Yeah, it's some kind of power so they're of like high class the knights and stuff like that mm-hmm. but then as time changes went to wealthy and then eventually it's just everybody fun. well because yeah. i mean there wasn't like i mean obviously as class division continued but also like the growth of the you know middle man yeah <laughs> so at some point it just if it's a being that wants money i feel like you know that's just how it goes hey money is money right i guess so even in bling bling, bling, bling banshee baby <laughs> Why did my brain go to the exact same thing? Mm-hmm. As soon as I said it, in my head, I go bling, bling, banshee, and then you said it right before <laughs> I was about to say it. because like we're in sync. We have, we have ESP. I was like this. I was like... Oh. And you said <laughs> I already it. said it. I was like, dang it. <laughs> That's dang so it. But, like I said, it's not just Irish. It does take part in some parts of Scottish belief systems and what they believe. Uh... Irish legend speaks of a laminate being sung by a fairy or banshee um, would sing when the family member would come to their deathbed. Mm-hmm. The banshee is also a predictor of death. If someone is about to enter a situation where it is unlikely they will come out alive, she will warn people by screaming or willing, giving rise to a banshee also being known as the Welling Woman. Like I was just saying, yeah. yeah. And then, like, that's the same as La Llorona, but, yeah. again, different different cultures. And that's kind of like what we talked about with, like, has the Skinwalker episode come out yet? No. Okay, well, spoilers. There's a Skinwalker episode, which you guys probably already know because it probably still came out before this one. Um, but, oh, like, we were talking well, about. Um, by the time this episode comes out, yes. Okay, good. But yeah, so like you guys know, like we talked about, like it's just like all different cultures and different mythologies and different people that, you know, have different vibes in the way that they see things. You know, skinwalkers are yikes. Very yikes. Those be some yikes. Big yikes. (laughs) Yikes and a half. We should make shirts that say big yikes. Can we if you guys would buy them, please comment on this episode and say big yikes. Um, big yikes sound off in the comments. You know what? Who the, I would be willing to say the third, the first three people that say big yikes get the free shirt. Everybody Ooh. else is like, I bet the. Hey, comment on below. Big yikes. See if we can send you a shirt. 
Wink, wink. As Andrew go. <laughs> Ding. Ding. Can you do like a little sparkle? <laughs> <laughs> so. It's, of course, often said that she is transparent-ish, whatever. Uh, some accounts include that they have become more Irish than the Irish themselves. Mm-hmm. Countering that lore ascribing banshees exclusively to those of the Milesen stock. Mm. Other expectations were the Bunworth banshee, Ooh. which those... Hurdle the death of Reverend Charles Bunworth. Ooh, interesting. Who was an Anglo-Saxon by origin and the Rosemore Banshee, who supposedly heralded the death of a member of the family in the Baron Rosemore, whose ancestry actually goes back to Scottish and Dutch. Ooh, so, fancy. Yeah. Love that. While it, it is possible that several Banshees can appear more uh, appear at once, it indicates that death of someone great or holy. Tells sometimes recount that women, though called a fairy, was a ghost, often of a specific murdered woman or a mother who died in childbirth. Ooh, spooky. In Ireland and parts of Scotland, a traditional part of mourning is the kinning woman. Mm-hmm. That's the same, I guess, yeah. like tribe or group of people or whatever. Yeah. Their families, because I think they do houses in, like, Scotland and Ireland. Again, the only thing I know about Scotland is from Outlander, so, <laughs> which I, I've talked about in a previous episode also. <laughs> I know nothing. Of uh, the Jacobites, that's all I know. <laughs> yeah, I know nothing. I know absolutely nothing. Well, the more you know. <laughs> so, in Irish... I'm going to come, it's, they call it C-A-O-I-N-E-A-D-H. Don't so, know how to pronounce it. Exactly. So if you know how to pronounce this, please send us a voice memo so we can put it in the episode. <laughs> It'll be the uh, remastered episode. Remastered. But again, translates to weeping. The Irish dialects of mustard in Southern Galloway in connect particularly in the traditional dialects of northern and eastern Ulster, including the Louth. The sneeing woman may in some cases be professional and the best sneers would be in high demand. So, yeah, that's pretty much all of that. And and again, this says that with several banshees appearing at once, it would be someone of holy holiness. (laughs) Or someone of great power. Wow. There you go. Well, the more you know. Well, now that we know, you know what time it is. It's time for a... Commercial break. Break! And now, a word from our sponsors. Spooky. Hi, this is Sarah. And I'm Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers, and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and 
listening to music, and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. Wine Wine and vinyl. (laughs) So check us out on roguemedianetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. I'm Zach. And I'm Mike. And we have a fantastic new podcast to tell you about. Bros, Foes, and Heroes. It's the two of us looking into the world of comics, breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of, and some that are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so Zach comes up with a character each time, and uh, I go into it just completely blind. I don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or anything, and and basically I guess we kind of go over their origin story. And just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe, especially Golden Age stuff. Oh, Golden yeah. Age stuff is always the best. And we will make sure to highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness yeah. of everything. Yeah. That's right. So subscribe today and uh, follow us on Instagram at Bros Bros Heroes. And if you don't, I know where you live. Not really, but please subscribe. <laughs> bros and Bros and Heroes. Gonna tell you about frozen, frozen heroes. Gonna tell you about. Hey, y'all, I'm April. Hi, I'm Caroline. And we have a new podcast for you. What's it called, Caroline? Uh, Bloody Happy Hour. It's going to be your new favorite guilty pleasure. We're going to talk about some bloody stuff. Serial killers. True crime. Rape. <laughs> Rapist. Why not join us? We'll have a good time. You literally never know. I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Bloody Happy Hour. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And now, back to the show. Spooky. (laughs) All right, and we're back. Now that we know about the history and the background of the Banshee, it's time to get into the hauntings or more like the stories and like more stuff about it. Because obviously um, it's kind of just something that happens to you. Yeah, I think this spirit being thing is it's an interesting thing because it's kind of it's it's a cryptid, but it's also not yeah it's like in that category where it's kind of like it floats somewhere in the middle of like there's like a venn diagram and it's like in the middle yeah between like cryptid slash ghost slash haunting so it's kind of like something we can talk about in all regards um 
But anyway, so the first story I'm going to tell you about today is actually a story dating back to about 1801. So this is the story of a banshee connecting itself. So like you said, like connecting it to a wealthy family, they could connect themselves to people. Oh, they were omens, kind of like that. So we'll start there with a story. So in 1801, a banshee seems to have attached itself to the Rossmore family of County Morgahan. Morgahan, Morgahan. We talked a little about them. Yeah, before. which we already mentioned. Um, so General Robert Cunningham, who was the first baron, invited two friends, Sir Jonah and Lady Barrington, to come over and visit his house. So they were all staying at their house in Dublin, and they agreed that they would leave early the following morning. So everybody went to bed super early. They're like, let's go to bed early. We got to travel in the morning. It'll be fine. So we were like, okay, cool. So then at about 2 a.m., the witching hour, as we all know. Wait, is it 2 a.m. that's the witching hour? Or is it 3 a.m.? I think it's 2 a.m. I've heard kind of mixed. I've heard pretty much anywhere from between 2 and 4. Yeah. It's like... I think that's like the witching hours. Um, but yeah, so exactly 2 a.m. I think it kind of depends on who you ask. Yeah, who you ask. And I mean, when we talked about like Amityville, I think it was 2 a.m. Yeah. Um, so they were awoken by guess what? Some wailing and some screaming. Which guess what means? There's a banshee. <laughs> Someone's going to be dying. Yeah. So basically, they everyone was awoken. The Barringtons were awoken by the sound of the wailing and crying. They were startled and scared, and they got out of bed and looked out the window. It was easy enough to see the grounds in the moonlight, but they could not see everything out there making the sound, not even in the direction where the wailing was coming from. The house employees would not help them or answer their questions and just stayed in their own rooms. The wailing continued for about half an hour and then eventually just quieted down. Hmm. Suspicious. Yeah. No. Be like, put on edge to the max. Yep. Um, And then suddenly they heard a voice crying out, Rossmore, Rossmore, Rossmore. Then everything was silent again, and the voice was completely gone. The Barringtons were scared, and they decided to try to go back to sleep and just, like, not mention it the next day. They're like, we're probably crazy. We're not going to mention this to our guests who invite us into their home. I mean... Like, if you were at a friend's house and you were... <laughs> I don't think I... If I were in their position, I'd probably do the same, though. I mean, I get it. <laughs> You'd be like, <laughs> I didn't hear anything. Yeah. Not, not on me. I don't think... I would have mentioned it. Well, they basically were like, mm, we're not going to mention it. It's fine. So they were woken up then by later uh, by a loud knock on their door around 7 a.m., which was the time they were again planning on getting up anyway. It was actually Sir Jonah's employee who looked white as a sheet himself. So when Sir Jonah wanted to know what could happen, the man replied that the previous evening, Cunningham had gone to bed feeling fine. But at about 2 a.m., he soon became sick. And only about a half hour later, he then died. Exactly at the time the Barringtons heard the cries and the wails outside of the home. It seemed that the Banshee was yelling and mourning his passing at the exact same time that it was happening. Spooky. But what's crazy to think is that, like, they... They did try to talk to the employees, but they yeah. Not. Well, I'm pretty sure like the employees, they were probably like helping him, right? Because they were probably just like in their room, like, "Hey, what's going on out there?" And probably like no one just came, right? Or at least that's why I imagine these like giant manors or like castles or whatever. I mean, still though, 
For them to be like, nah, we Gucci. Nah, we good. Um, we stand in That's here. a little suspicious. Um, but this was not the only time that the Banshee would cry out for the Rossmores. It's actually been said that every time a member of the family died since then, the terrible cry of the Banshee can be heard. And its sadness still echoes into the night to this day. Yikes. That's spooky. But again, yeah. that's just one of the families that it was connected to and one of the stories that is more known. Which we did mention the Rossmores beforehand, so it's kind of like a known thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just kind of goes that way. <laughs> um, and then, you know, according to Irish folk beliefs, um, with a member of one Ireland's nobles family is about to die. So again, that goes back to it's a noble a person that has money it's a like a yeah. it's like a tragedy you know to have them yeah. die it's not just some joe schmo off the street um and it wasn't until modern day that day it kind of switched over yeah. um but again like some of the earliest datings go all the way back to 1642 so this story was actually in 1801 yeah so that kind of tells you like this had been around for a while it's yeah long enough yeah. So in 1642, Lady Fanshawe basically helped make this famous by the poem Lady of the Lake, um, which was very well known. Lady of the Lake is a poem um, or made famous in a poem um, by the same title was done by Sir Walter Scott. Um, basically a story of how he was awoken in the middle of the night by a ghostly apparition keening outside her window when she was visiting a baronial castle. So she was again at a castle. In the morning, she discovered that a member of the Baron's family had died that night. Um, and we'll talk more about that. So, of course... Which, wasn't that part of our research, too? Yeah. Was that the Baron family had, like, encountered this... Mm -hmm. And this was her sighting. So this was, again, at that, in that 1642. Um, and then eventually, again, came popular by that poem that was coming. So oh, it, and it's, it, it's her memoir that it was stated in. Yeah, see, this is Baron Rossmore. Yeah, Rossmore was the story I just told. Yeah. Um, and again, it's the Rossmore family line. Um, so in the memoirs of Lady Fanshawe, which is Scott's Lady of the Lake, Notes to Canto Three, edition in 1811. Um, and then in 1642, her husband was was the baron. Um, and again, they were just like residing in this like fancy castle, surrounded with the moat. And then around midnight, she was awoken by a ghastly and supernatural scream and looked out of the bed, beheld in the moonlight was a female face and part of her form hovering just above the window. The distance from the ground, as well as the circumference of the moat, excluded the possibility that this could be like a real person. Like she was like, there's no way a person could just be like standing my window right now. Because <laughs> she's, I would assume on the second floor. I mean, again, I imagine these like giant castles, estates, like with many rooms, many floors, like beautiful, beautiful. Um, but yeah, so she was like, hmm, there's no possibility this be real. And the face was that of a young and rather handsome woman. Um, so again, female entity kind of yeah. going with that. But this one's saying young, not old. So I kind of, again, yeah, depends on who's seeing it, I guess. Yeah. Um, so again, Lady Fanshawe saw a young woman, um, but she was pale and her hair was a reddish color, which was loose and disheveled which Lady Fanshawe's terror did not prevent her from remarking accurately her dress was that of ancient Irish descent. So she was actually dressed like 
ancient Irish people. So again, not necessarily in like the gray drab clothes that we mentioned, yeah. but something more, something so ancient and like old looking, but like for notably even, Irish. For even that time period. It, it was, was old. <laughs> yeah. And which again, this memoir is from 1642 um, versus the story we told earlier that was 1801, which is more, more recent, which is obviously one that's more well known. Uh, and we talked about it in the research. Um, so she was like, hmm, that's scary. Well, this apparition continued to exhibit herself for some time and then vanished with just two shrieks. Just two. Just two little yells. Similar to which had excited ladies' franchise attention. So she yelled. That's when she awoke. And she yelled two more times before she disappeared. Um, in the morning, with infinite terror, she communicated to her host what she had witnessed and found him prepared not only to credit, but to account for the superstition. A near relation of the family, he said, expired last night in the castle. We disguised our certain expectation of the event from you, lest it should throw a cloud over your cheerful disposition. So she, like, this other family was visiting. Mm-hmm. And the family she was visiting lost someone at the same time. Yeah. So, again, she was just visiting her friends. So it was her and her husband, Sir Richard. And then they were just, like, visiting their friends at this this fancy castle. So, again, it's, like, friends of a family visiting, which I think is kind of funny because it's, like, a similar story. Um, and then it's he, basically the, the host was like, yeah, we knew this was going to happen if he died. We just didn't want to, like, warn you about it. Which, honestly, <laughs> it does make sense because in some of my research i found which i never wrote down because mm -hmm. for whatever reason it stuck in my head but it's never the family member that it, like hears it it's always someone it's around someone around but never the person so it's like if um someone in my family that i was gonna lose mm -hmm. you would hear it mm, that's spooky so it's whoever didn't hear it is the family that it's supposed or someone they so it's know. like a warning just like yeah. it's happening yeah. i get it um but yeah so basically he was like yeah sorry i just didn't want to ruin the cheerful disposition i didn't want to i didn't want to ruin how fun the evening was also understandable <laughs> like i get it <laughs> but like also hello um basically he was like yeah so before anything like this ever happens in our family this female specter of whom you probably just saw um is believed to be the spirit of a woman of inferior rank who one of the ancestors ancestors degraded himself by marrying so basically it was like they're saying that the banshee was maybe somebody that was in their family tree or in their family line which is interesting um and then basically the the person in their family was dishonored by marrying her so it was just but like a lowly were, person they were basically a noble family uh-huh one of his ancestors married a woman that was of lesser rank yeah but then it says that um basically afterwards after marrying her his family was still upset and was felt dishonored by the marrying so his family actually had her drowned in a moat in the moat outside the castle and so it was like her drowned spirit coming back oof. which is a big oof, oof. um so and again big oof. yeah for real <laughs> and then of course like lady fashion she's like oh this is crazy thanks for telling me this um, and she's like, I didn't know that this was going to happen. But think about, like, how crappy he must feel. It's like, dude, that was my wife, regardless of 
her social status. Hey, back in the day, it and didn't matter. She probably has. She, in fact, she has the biggest revenge. She's like, ha, ha, watch me. I'm gonna say every time someone in your family dies. Um, but yeah. So at the time, like, and again, banshees weren't like a known thing. So this was like the early dating. So this was Lady Fashaw's memoir that like got the idea of a banshee started, but it came from this family. And again, like with this, um, like she had never heard of the term banshee before. So she was like, I'd never heard of a banshee. Um, and, or, you know, and she basically said, the motive of the hauntings is akin to that of the tale of the Scotch drummer of crotchety. Cortici? I don't know. I mean, I kind of think that. But basically it's like the same story where the spirit of a murdered person seeks a family for revenge and appears before death. So apparently this is also related to a, another Scotch tale from even before that. So. I mean, I kind of feel like and there's other stories i'm sure that like are like this as well yeah i feel like during this time though would they have even named something like this unless it was just like i mean i mean yes there's written accounts but i don't think they ever like spoke much of it unless you're close to the family exactly um well guess what allison i got another story for us too so this one is actually about mr tj westrop um so he gave this story so he said my maternal grandmother heard the following tradition from her mother one of miss ross lewins who witnessed this occurrence their father was mr harrington ross lewis and was away to dublin on business and in his est- and in his absence the young people went off to spend the evening with a friend who lives some miles away hmm I'm seeing a trend here. <laughs> I'm seeing a trend here. I think I'm beginning to see the problem. Yes. So he decided, I'm going to go stay at my friend's house. Nothing bad's going to happen. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, the night was fine and lightsome. And then when returning, save at a point where the road ran between t- two trees or high hedges, not far west from an old church of Kiltris. Kilchrist? Kilchrist? I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Anyway, um, so like many of the other similar run-ins, he was basically, was like a simple oblong building in the middle with long sides and high walls. Um, and at its time, there was a graveyard that was enclosed, and but it was like open to like some fields. So as the party passed down the long, dark lane, they suddenly heard in the distance loud wailing and the clapping of hands as the country people were accustomed to do when lamenting the dead so again like this was kind of already part of their culture and a part of what they did um the ross lewins then hurried on and came in sight of the church and the sidewall again they basically on that sidewall with like the high arches or high hedges um they saw a little gray-haired old lady as you do and that was clad in a dark cloak she was running to and from chanting and wailing and throwing her hands her, her hands and her arms up. The girls were very frightened, but the young men ran forward and surrounded the ruin. The two of them went into the church itself, and then the apparition of the woman vanished. I mean, it makes sense because you're going inside a church. Yep, and so then they searched every nook and cranny and found no one, nor did anyone pass out. All now were very well scared, and they got back to their home as soon as possible. Their home, where their mother opened the door and at once told them that she was in terror about their father, who was on business in Dublin. 
She sat looking out the window in the moonlight, and a huge raven with fiery eyes lit on it still, and tapped three times on the glass of their window. They told her the story about what had happened at the old church as they were walking on their way, only to be added to their anxiety as they stopped talking. The taps came to the nearest window, and then they saw the bird yet again. A few days later, they then got the news returning to them that Mr. Ross Lewin had died suddenly in Dublin. And this occurred around in 1776. So we have one story that took place 1600s. So we have 1600s, 1700s, 1800s. um, And then there are so many more. Like there are stories in the 1900s. The next, I have a few other stories in here that go on um, like the early 19th century. Um, So again, this is just kind of like something that happened. Um, And then basically it was just like, oh, we saw this lady freaking out and wailing at this old church. And then the mom's like, hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I think this really takes an account for, like, what we always say. It's people, place, time. And then, like, how it it appears to them. Mm -hmm. Because in every account, it seems a little bit different. Yeah. And again, an old woman versus a young woman. But again, still the wailing. And, like, this one, the lady was clapping or, like, throwing her hands up. Which I guess, again, was kind of part of their culture for, like you know, already dealing with the dead. So it was kind of just something they already did. And I'm assuming it's another, like, one of those, like, in transition kind of things. Because, like I had mentioned before, in old Irish folklore, it was a dream. So, and then it just kind of changed. And again, these things just slowly change over time anyway. So. Mm, Interesting. But yeah, um, those are the stories of banshees. And again, there are many more. Um, so if you just look out there, you're going to find the hundred stories of banshees. Um, I'm reading right now the true Irish ghost stories. Again, as we showed off earlier. Um, so it's kind of interesting that it's just like a compilation of stories. Yeah. Um, and like, again, like most of these noble families are like families that have been in Ireland or Scotland for a long time have stories of the banshee so it's kind of like hmm if a lot of people have similar stories then all are about the same i like it i feel like that's a little that's a little suspicious suspicious and it kind of proves we don't like to use the word proof here we just like to say it it uh gives i don't know credibility sure sure um but yeah so today we learned about the banshee and i hope you guys enjoyed another episode of the poltergeist um do you want to open your basket now do you want to open your gift do we have time or do you want to make a separate video oh i was figured have that as like a bonus okay all right well thank you guys for tuning in this week don't forget to comment down below yeah. big yikes big yikes big yikes um check out our instagram and our facebook um as well as don't forget to follow like and subscribe um that's all for this week folks bye bye you've been listening to the polter gals a rogue media network podcast This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.